The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Again, to it came from the radio, the official show, the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. We are here in our 19th live show in front of a live studio audience. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> uh, see, only when you say it, is that what it is? No, it's a general rule. Live studio <laughs> audience. At the East Meadow Public Library, this is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. I am here with our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hello, fun seekers. That wasn't, that's, yeah, never mind. <laughs> and we have our very special guest. Uh, very special. What, what would your title be? Crochet maker, crochet uh, wizard, what would your title be? Uh, I suppose crochet artist. Crochet maybe. artist. Maybe that's the best way to... Of the artisan's nook. Yes. Brittany Pleasant. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Woo. And she is, uh, we're going to be talking to, with, and about her, which is good because she's here. Yeah. In just a little bit. But first, <laughs> yes, instead of behind your back. <laughs> but first, we're going to take it away with the news. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 22 years of pop culture stuff and comic bookness. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com and check out all their stuff for their convention that is upcoming. What is that noise? Oh, yeah. Yoink! There was some uh, feedback. That's why. And also, I want to do the shout-outs for the Patreon. So we have the shout-outs for Danny Grillo, Jared Burrell, award-winning director Jerry Burrell, Two Sentence Horror, Millie Portez, Kyle Horn, Dresden Media, and um, the Long Island Comic Book Expo, which is uh, going to happen on the 14th of April, which is sad because when this airs, it'll be well past. So let's take it away with the news. So we're going to start off with the sad news, as we always tend to do. Sad news. Uh, Dan Robbins, the inventor of paint-by-numbers kit, died recently from complications of pneumonia. For those of you who do not know, paint-by-numbers came out in the 1950s. It was not a coloring book, but a coloring canvas pre-drawn with designs rembling? resembling... You made a mistake. Uh-huh. ...stained glass windows. Each blank segment would contain a number corresponding to a capsule of paint included in the set. Hence the name, Paint by Numbers. Sales were slow at first, but took off after the Paint by Numbers kit appeared at a toy show in New York in 1951 for roughly $2.50 a set. But in just a few years, the Paint by Numbers kit reached over $80 million in sales. Um, Art historian says... When paint by numbers arrived as a popular pastime in the early 50s, it opened a cultural fissure. Cultural fissure, wow, that has never closed. The participatory, man, I should write this better. The idea of paint by numbers, realized primarily by individuals who had never before held a paintbrush, affirmed in a very American way the cultural value of art. I'm very sad. I used to love paint by numbers. 
Do we have any pay by numbers fans in the audience? Yeah! Woo! Woo! Alright! Did you do pay by numbers? I did, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think at least you've had to do it at least once in your lifetime. Yeah, I think it's like a requirement. I was a, yeah, I was a big paint by numbers fan and color forms. The color. The, the Anybody remember color forms? Yes. I know. Look, I'm your lab, you know. She knows. She, she knows. knows. I, I, she's laughing. I remember those things. Do you remember Shrinky Dinks? Do you remember Shrinky Dinks? Yeah. There we go. Shrinky Dinks. There we go. So, um, yeah, he was a, a, a spry 93. Oh, my so God, a, seven years away from the lever. Yeah. Lever. Um, so for those of you who don't know, if you reach 100, you get a letter from the president. So he was seven years away getting a letter from the president. Uh, moving on to some happier news. Um, from, there's a still, from there's there's still a lot more walking to do and a lot more zombies out there to re-kill departments. AMC announced that it has greenlit a yet-to-be-titled third series in the Walking Dead universe, which will feature two young female protagonists and focus on a first generation to come of age in the apocalypse as we know it. Some will become heroes, some will become villains, and in the end, all of them will be changed forever. Grown-ups and cemented in their identities, both good and bad. Are you a Walking Dead fan? You're looking at me like you're not. No, I'm not. Walking Dead fan, Brittany? Zombies aren't really my thing. Walking Dead fan audience? Yeah! The Walking Dead here. Everybody. Yep. So, the audience member likes that you don't like zombies, so good job. You're winning the audience over right now. Um, the third series is set to debut in 2020, so we now have three Walking Dead shows. It's actually quite interesting. Um, I actually was watched the first show, The Walking Dead, but I watched it after everybody else was watching it, so everybody was talking about it. I had no interest in seeing it, and then it was on Netflix, so I binge-watched it, and because I binge-watched it, I actually enjoyed it. I felt that if I had watched it as it came out, I wouldn't have enjoyed I gotta, it. I gotta tell you, not a big fan of uh, zombie movies. After Night of the Living Dead. That was it. That was it for me, and, and I thought that was a great movie, and, but uh, then everything else is beating a dead horse, and, or beating a dead zombie, if you want. But, but uh, yeah, never was a big fan of the zombie movies, except... Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Resident Evil. The, Resident Evil that fan? franchise. No. Not even. Not even. All right. I, I don't watch too many movies, honestly. You don't watch too many movies at all? No. That's... You're busy working. You're busy doing what you're supposed to do. I guess, but I, I binge watch a lot of Netflix while I'm crocheting. I don't know. Just movies Background never... noise. Background noise? Was yeah, that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Because I don't, I don't need to look at my work. How many, how many people are big fans of zombies here? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. So speaking, speaking of Netflix, uh, from the Who Needs Disney department, Netflix, yes, who needs Disney? <laughs> Netflix has announced that it has renewed Umbrella Academy for a 10-episode second season. The show is scheduled to begin work on season two this summer. For those of you who do not know, Umbrella Academy is based on a Dark Horse comic starring Ellen Page, Tom Hopper, David Castanella, Emmy Raver, Lampin, Robert Sheehan, Aidan Gallagher, and Justin Min, who are all set to return, with the showrunner, Steve Blackman, also returning. Did you guys uh, see uh, Umbrella Academy, Charlie? No, I don't care about that. Umbrella Academy? It's on my list. It's, it's on your list. It's something I'm interested in watching, but not as background noise, so I just haven't really gotten around to it yet. Do we have uh, Umbrella Academy fans in the audience? Yeah! One, one guy loves Umbrella Academy. Nobody else. So no zombies, no Umbrella Academy. Interesting. 
Um, because all, they all have a life. That's why. <laughs> is that what it is? All right. Um, moving along for the next bit of news. Where is it? Oh, okay. Um, from the It Only Took 11 Years department, Hasbro has finally come through with its promise to make a spin off solo series for Snake Eyes just 11 years after the first G.I. Joe movie came out in theaters. The film will follow Snake Eyes' journey to Japan for training and eventually have him join the G.I. Joe team, which makes this movie a prequel. Uh, no word and if the original Snake Eyes actor, Ray Park, will reprise his role. Are you a... My question Joe? is, big G.I. Joe fan. Oh, really? My question is, are they going to have the Kung Fu grip? You know, I knew you were going to say you that. As a, as well, a you got to remember, when I was a kid, that was when the first G.I. Joe came the, the out. The big ones, yeah. Yeah, the ones in the box you could get any type of, uh, you know, any... Uh, Military one, you could get the Air Force, Marines. So, so since, since you were there, why don't you explain to the audience what exactly is a Kung Fu grip? Kung Fu grip is G.I. Joe's all have this grip like this. So basically, they can hold their rifles, they can, you know, hold a pistol. It was all made for that, made for the violence. So why wasn't it called a, a, a weapon grip as opposed to a kung fu grip? Is there an actual... How the hell do I know? You were there. I didn't, I didn't name it. I didn't call the company and say, no, I didn't... Uh, I don't know, I guess it looked I like a I thought it was a significant thing. Listen, they're trying to sell the kids, and kung fu grip just sounds cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. What are they going to say? This is his rifle killing grip? This is how he annihilates people in the field. <laughs> I, I just, I was just always curious. I, thought, I don't know. I thought maybe I will you look do. that up for you tonight when I go okay. home. There you go. Oh, are you a uh, GI Joe fan, Brittany? I think I might be the wrong, slightly wrong age bracket and wrong gender bracket, possibly. I don't know. I, so Joe so the always, answer is no. The G. short G. answer is no. Always, you know, like for for boys and stuff like. I guess they I, have I guess female GI Joes. No, they didn't. Not like, when they first came out. I don't like war either, so maybe that stuff didn't interest me. I don't know. Okay, so no zombies, no G.I. Joe, no well, Umbrella Academy you haven't seen. Your, your guest doesn't like anything. All right. All right. I remember back in the day, we had, when I moved uh, to Queens from Brooklyn, we had a yard, and I dug up my whole yard, made trenches, and I made a whole war scene out there which my father and grandfather proceeded to break their ankles in my foxholes, so. All right. Um, I thought you would want to know that. I want to know about the Kung Fu. Crime. They don't want to know it. That's why. All right, so let's, so let's move on to the last bit of news. Um, from the here's another show I'm not going to see department. Ah. Disney <laughs> has announced that Jeremy Renner will star in the Hawkeye TV series on the new Disney streaming service. This adds to the Scarlet Witch TV show that they're going to have and the Loki series that will air later down this year. Do we have any Disney Marvel superhero fans in the audience? Everyone. Man, this is a rough <laughs> crowd. Do we have any fans in our live studio audience? No doubt. <laughs> okay. This is a rough crowd. All right. Brittany? Marvel I, fan, at least? Are we, yes, I'm, I'm a, of course. I'm, I'm a person with a pulse. <laughs> oh, okay. The audience did not agree with that. So they, are you saying that the audience does not have a pulse? 
Uh, no, I'm thinking maybe maybe they're afraid to admit that they like Marvel. I don't know. The, I don't closet, know. the closet Marvel fan. All right. That's Listen, it's Marvel. <laughs> See, we got, a, we got a Captain Marvel fan right there. I have not seen the movie. Okay, so you know what? Let's Kelly, I want you in every audience that I'm a part of. I want you there. Yeah. All right, so that's, that's going to be it for the news because uh, I got a rough audience. A very rough audience. They're very nice. Leave them alone. They're very, very nice audience, but they're a rough crowd. So we're going to take our break. We're going to be right back with the Came from Radio. Yeah! Woo! This is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke from G.I. Joe. And I am here at Cradlecom, and I am with It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, want to impress everyone at your next party? Shock them all with a custom cake. Anything goes. Classic wedding cakes to wild party themes. Follow my social media for weekly videos and photos. We're a Long Island-based cake shop. Custom Cakes by Christie Incorporated. K-R-I-S-T-Y. Call or text anytime. 631 606 8166. Here we go. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercats. And you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Envoy Comic Distributors, the independent distributor for independent minds. We represent some of the finest small press and self-publishers out there today. To learn more about us and our publishers, search for Envoy Comic Distributors on Facebook. And shop for us online at envoy.storeenvy.com. That's E-N-V-O-Y dot S-T-O-R-E-N-V-Y dot com. Have a great day. This is Carrie Steller from In the Girls Corner, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And we are back at our live 19th show in front of a studio audience at the East Nile yeah. Public Library. There we go. I can't believe it. <laughs> And we are here with our very special guest, who was nice enough to come down. A person I've known for at least five years. We were we were just going down memory lane yeah. on how long ago uh, I've known you. It's a crochet queen, Brittany Pleasant. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us how you got into the crochet and how you turned it into a mega business that we see all over Long Island in New York. Yeah, I, I every convention. I am. Yeah, people comment. Oh, weren't you at the last? Thing? Yeah, I was. <laughs> uh, well, I. I guess everyone starts off. Okay. Yes. I saw these things called amigurumi. Amigurumi. These, yeah, that's technically what I do. That's technically what it's called, amigurumi. Um, it's Japanese for small crochet dolls, something like that. Um, so I saw them online one day, and I was like, that looks awesome. I really wish I could do it. So after you know spending many months just wishing that I could magically acquire a skill, I decided to give it a try. Uh, and it, I don't know, it turned out that I was, I was just meant for it, it seems. It seems like I accidentally stumbled upon what I was meant to do. And is this something that uh, young Brittany, baby Brittany, how old were you when you decided to get into this? I was, uh, mm, I was 21, 22, something like that. So yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah, if you want to turn back time, yes. <laughs> uh, I've been doing this since maybe 2000, I guess 2011, 
I'd say 2010-2011, I've been crocheting, uh, and I established my business, The Artisan's Nook, in 2012. And why did you call it The Artisan's Nook? Uh, that was something that my husband, Marcus, actually helped me come up with. Shout out to Marcus. I can't exactly remember why. I don't know. I, I think it just sounded, uh, it sounded interesting, sounded cozy. Um, it sounded like it could become a community of sorts. So we kind of settled on the artisan's nook, and I, I, I liked it. And how do you decide? Because it's not just one item. You do a whole bunch of different crochet animals and, and, and items. What, what would you call the range of products that you have? I don't know. It's all just, it's all cute. It's all cute stuff. I'm obsessed with cute things. Uh, I, so everything is, you know, rounded, chibi. Uh, and I also have a lot of cute food. That's something, I guess, I don't, I don't know, who's not obsessed with food? But I'm obsessed with my food being adorable. So I make a lot of cute food. Does cute <laughs> food prevent you from eating it? No. Because I, I don't eat my creations. The food that I actually eat isn't so cute, so I'm able to eat. <laughs> <laughs> how much... It's, it's yarn that you use, right, when you're yes. crocheting? Yes. So how much yarn goes into a typical item that you would make? I don't, I don't know if I could really measure that or if... I could, like anyone would like understand a, uh, what that meant. I don't know, it's just... Like a, like a lot that goes into I, I it? Or is it use... just like one of those, those wrapping... Because it's like they sell them in that little wrapping thing, right? That one that has the, the wrap and it's a big thing. Do you know what I'm talking You don't know what I'm talking Literally about. Literally anything? No, I, I remember <laughs> when, I was, when I was young, when I was 21, they used to sell the yarn wrapped only in a certain way. Oh, it's kind of like... Spun around so you can take it from the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. So does one of those equal one item, or is it well, more? It. Each of my dolls, they they don't take too much yarn. They don't take too much of it, uh, and it really depends on the brand of yarn. You could buy different sizes. So like. I did not know that. Me get that wouldn't it wouldn't help too much because they'll they'll have three ounce skeins. Sometimes they go up to sixteen ounce skeins. So it, it really depends on the type of yarn and the brand and all that. So I, it doesn't use much yarn. It uses way less than uh, when people make scarves or blankets or something. You know, I use way less yarn than that. And you do not do scarves or blankets because they're not cute? Because <laughs> I, that's actually where I got my base in crocheting when I was a child. My mom, she crochets blankets and stuff like that, and she always has for as long as I can remember. Uh, and so she, no, this is, this is the knit, it's a, I bought it, I bought it from the store. <laughs> uh, but uh, she's always done that as long as I can remember, and that's what she tried to teach me when I was a kid. Uh, but there's something about the way that I hold the hook and hold the yarn, and my tension is too tight. So if you could imagine, if I made small little blankets for my dolls and stuff when I was a kid. I tried. Uh, and they all came out like cardboard. They were like as, as soft as a magazine. Like, do you want to curl up with a magazine? You know. <laughs> so I wasn't very good at it, and I kind of gave up for a while uh, until I found out about amigurumi many, many years later. Uh, and with that type of crocheting, you need, uh, you need a tighter tension.
so the stuffing doesn't fall out of it. Uh, so that turned out to be what I was better suited for. Charlie, do you have a question for Brittany? Yes, I do. Would you like to share it with the live studio audience? Okay. Um, live right. studio they're audience, not, he said. No, they're not. No, um, I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm just plowing through. I'm just keep on going. Anyway, take me through a created evening. You're sitting there. There's nothing going on. You had all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you get that light bulb going on, and you create something. How does the creative process happen? How does the inspiration come to you? Well, the inspiration usually comes when I'm doing something else. You know, like I'll get an idea that pops into my head, something like that. Sometimes I keep a running list of just ideas for new crochet, you know, creations that I want to make. Uh, and then I'll eventually get to it. It's, I can't always get to my new ideas right away. Um, but I'll just, I don't know, an idea will pop into my head. And then I will try to see exactly what it is that I had the idea for and try to break said thing down into shapes, pretty much. That's what I, I kind of, I reduce everything down to basic shapes. And that's how I'm, how I'm able to create. It's, it's kind of hard so, to talk about my creative process. So now let me ask you another thing. I know a lot of songwriters. I sometimes write songs. And you go to bed and that's, like to me, the most creative time because you're 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 crazy. Your unconscious is crazy. So mine is. So like I'll always keep a pad and pencil by the uh, by the bed. Did you ever have a dream of a wild a wild crocheting project that you uh, complete? Like you went to bed and all of a sudden there was this mutant scrambled eggs and bacon thing. It's got to be cute. It's cute food. Stop. Did you ever inspiration ever hit you while you were sleeping? I don't think so. May I okay, there was this my most recent creation, it's actually up on my Instagram. Um it's this little purple haired girl uh with like reindeer horns. Uh I just I had a dream about her, I guess. And then like she was stuck in my head and I had to I had to I had to crochet her so that I could well, get her Well, then the answer is yes. So, yeah, I, I yeah. suppose. Nothing, nothing too fantastical yeah. yet, though. No, you only make cute <laughs> things. There you go. So going back, it's interesting because a lot of uh, comic book artists use shapes when they are drawing the figures. I don't know if you're aware of that. So it's kind yeah. of the same thing. So it is truly a form of art that you're, you're putting into it. So when you, when you come up with this idea, you make the shapes. So is it... All crochet entirely, or there is something underneath the, the crochet? Uh, well, really, the only thing holding it up uh, is the stuffing. So I don't use a wire armature or anything like that. It's really just I, I crochet the, the shape that I need, and it's crochet in the round, if anyone is familiar with crochet. It's not going back and forth, turning, going across the row. It's, it's just so I'm crocheting kind of like a tube, I guess. For an arm, an arm would be like a tube. So it's... it's Something like that, and it's only um, the only thing in the middle is the stuffing, just to keep it. So that's actually that actually makes it more uh, kid friendly than anything, because there's no wires to poke their eyes out. Yeah, yeah. Some of my, uh, a lot of my small uh, creations, I use metal brads, 
So if somebody is coming to my table looking for something specifically, specifically for a child, I'll steer them away from there and just more to the, more to the creations that, that I only use yarn for. So was that something that you thought of when you first started, that you're going to have wired and non-wired stuff for kids, not for kids, or just I just want to make what I can make? I, I kind of want to just make what I make, uh, and I try to make sure that some of my creations are child and baby friendly. I try to add those into the mix. Now, each one is handcrafted, and yes. so each one is an individual item. But when you're trying to mass produce them, do, is there a technique that you use that you have to repeat over and over again, or is each one slightly different in its own way? Well, each, each doll I make is slightly different, so I guess you can say each one of them is one of a kind, because, you know, nothing you do is ever exactly the way you did it before. Even with the crocheting, I use a pattern, so it's consistent that way. I just follow the same exact pattern, but, you know, some things slightly look different, you know. So to the person creating it, which is yourself, are you able to tell, I made this one this day, I made this one this day, can you actually tell the difference between each item? Because to the naked eye, it would be like they look all the same, but because you actually created it, can you tell the difference? Well, it sometimes, you know, like if I made a whole bunch of sushi one day, I'll remember, oh yeah, those are the sushis that I made. I was up all night and driving myself crazy. But uh, now I, can, I really can only tell the difference between my stuff, like based on my skill, just because, you know, I, I notice a definite skill change from, you know, the earlier days. So I could tell, okay, yeah, this is something that I made a while ago because the skill isn't there. And I'll, you know, price those items down a little bit just to, you know, get rid of them so I can have higher quality stuff. Charlie, you have another question for Brittany? Uh, did anybody ever come up to your booth, which is adorable, by the way, at every convention? I've, uh, cutest booth. Tons of, uh, of her shots in our Facebook page. What? Tons of shots of her on our Facebook page, so you can check it out. Leave me alone, Mom. But anyway, let me. Did anybody ever come up to you and say, "Oh my God, this is great"? Could you make me a? Could you? Uh, did they ever commission you to make something cute? Well, yes, I, I do get commissions, uh, and I definitely tell people uh, for my six-inch character dolls, I can pretty much make anything. Uh, any character in existence. I also do uh, people's original characters, you know, if they want to see them come to life in a different way. Uh, I do stuff like that. So I do take commissions. People ask me for things that they don't see. You know, I've had special requests and stuff right. like that. I've had some crazy requests. People asking me to make life-size dolls. That was the one. That was the craziest. That, was the life I don't know. That, that probably is the... And I don't think that was even a serious inquiry. Uh, so, but that's probably the craziest thing. Would you make a life size? No. What? Why not? Okay, well, maybe if the, maybe the, money. If the money was there. But I don't think everyone understands what goes into crocheting, let alone a life size crochet doll. It would be pretty pricey. Well, well how, do, how do you decide what's, what's your price range? How do you say, all right, uh, a life size doll would be $500 or a life size doll would be $1,000? Like, at a at certain point in time, you have to be like, if you want to pay me a thousand dollars, I'm gonna make you a life-size doll. I don't. I don't even know if a thousand dollars would do it. It would. It would really depend. I. I work small. I have not thought of creating something that 
large. Well, if, if each piece is a little crochet symbol, you just add them all together, and you have one giant life size. That's I would you love. You make like a crochet transformer. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You know that's what you should have at your next table: a crochet of yourself, a life size crochet, sitting next to you. It'll probably take me a couple years to do. Mark, Mark would love for you to make crochet him a Power Ranger. Maybe all of them. Right? That's, yes, that's, that's what you want. That would be nice, yes. That's what you're going for. I have not made any Power Rangers yet, but I certainly could. So, do, are you a seasonal person? Meaning that when it's Christmas time, do you go, hey, I want to make some Christmas stuff? Or is it just a Christmas idea pops up and you have to make it at that time? I don't always have to make it at that time, uh, but if I... It'll stay in my head forever until I crochet it out of my head, I guess, I could say. Uh, it's, my ideas aren't always like that, but sometimes, you know, the ones that I feel are probably good, those are the ones that don't leave until I... And I'll, I'll tell my husband, so, oh, I just got to get this out of my head. I got I to gotta get this out of my head now. And then I'll, then I'll move on to what I was doing before. I love that. Crochet it out of my head. That's great. Because that's exactly what it is. It comes... From your ideas right to the finished product. So when you said your skill level has changed, uh, what, what practice, what do you do to enhance that skill level? Are there like books out there? Are there videos? Do you just keep on doing the same thing over and over and over until you actually just improve? What do you, what do, you do? I mean, it's, it's repetition because for one doll, I could have upwards of a thousand stitches in one doll. You know, like, it's, it's, all, it's repetition. It's... <laughs> Wow. I can't help but get better just from the fact that I'm doing it. So you have a, we actually have a Norwal in front of us. How long did that take to make, that little Norwal we have that we're going to be giving away later on the show? That may be an hour and a half at this point, one of them. Wow. So when you first started, how long would it take to do something like that? Honestly, it, I don't... I mean, I guess now there's more muscle memory that I assign to the to the stitches and everything. It's gotten easier, you know. I've gotten faster just from just from practice. Uh, but I I don't think I went especially slow at the beginning either. I think it was just I I feel like it was something I was just meant to do when I did it, and I was so good at it right from the beginning. You know, never having done it before. The first pattern that I followed, it was from the Lion Brand website. I actually altered the pattern of the first one I was ever making because I just got it like that. So when you, when, you're just, when you seem to be automatically talented at something, you know, you figure, okay, universe, this is probably what I'm supposed to do. So. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> do you still have that original, the first thing you ever did? I do. I do. It's would in you ever like sell a, it? I don't know who would want it. I mean, it has more sentimental value to me than actual worth to someone else. Of course. <laughs> what is the most recent thing that you've done? Um, I can't even. I can't even think. It all. It all is a blur to me. This past week, I've been uh, just working really hard at rebuilding my stock so that my table can be full. Uh, for LA Comic Expo coming up on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I haven't really made anything brand new. I've just mostly been been working on my stock and making a few more character dolls. Is that something that you get tired of? Is the repetition of the making more of the same item? Sometimes, yes. 
So um, on those days when I really, really am dragging my feet and I really don't want to do it, I don't always force myself to because I, I don't want to grow to hate it. So I kind of, when I'm really, really not feeling it, unless it's something, you know, that I need to prepare for, unless it's a commission I need to make, you know, whatever. You keep uh, that professionalism. I, I try to. I try to. <laughs> but if I'm really not feeling it that day, I'll just, I'll just do something else. I try to, you know, expand my creativity. And on, a, on an average, how many hours a week do you spend on your crochet? I don't Roughly. know. I, I could... I could spend like up to five hours a day. Like straight five hours straight, or breaks in between and lunch and well, a maybe sandwich? A, maybe a few breaks in between. Those days that I am like into a really really good workflow, I usually don't eat those days because <laughs> I, I don't want to stop. Because like I feel like any little thing could just send me careening down a different path. So I when I'm in a really good workflow, I try not to do really anything else. And do you work at one, one item at a time, or do you do multiple pieces and then put them all together later? How does that process work? Well, depending on, so if I have just like one commission, then I'll, I'll work on the commission. But otherwise, if I'm trying to rebuild my table stock, um, I'll usually have to make a few of each item. So I will uh, work in like an assembly line. So I'll kind of just make all the pieces for it, and then I'll assemble it all later. Like I, it's funny how, if I'm, if I'm really trying to work on a, a lot of stock, I'll just have a Ziploc bag of just disembodied doll parts. Oh. And, <laughs> oh and it, looks like, it looks like a bag of garbage to anybody who would <laughs> look at it. <laughs> but then I'll, I'll put them all together later. I just find it, it goes a little faster that way. So what, what is the one thing that you feel that you haven't mastered yet, or what one piece do you feel like you, you really want to conquer and be like, that is your piece that you're most remembered by? Or is there such a piece? I don't think such a piece exists right now. I know, uh, like, Marcus encourages me to make uh, bigger pieces, more art pieces, less... Uh, because, you know, I try to make my dolls affordable. I want to make them, uh, you know, smaller so that it doesn't take me too long so that I can keep it at a lower price. Uh, and really just rebuilding that stock. That's what, I, what I've mainly been focusing on. Uh, but something that I, I do want to, I want to tap back into the fact that I am an artist. Like everything I do, you know, it's all art. But I really want to make, you know, a bigger piece that's maybe more for display to draw people to my table, not so much something that I'll be mass producing human in size. any capacity. There we go. Human size. <laughs> maybe Audience not size. human size yet. Human size is like take a whole entire team to do the, See, there you go. That would definitely be an eye catch. See that? People want. This I'm is what people want. Listen to what the people want. I'm <laughs> thinking I would want to make a dragon. Nice. Ooh. Like, like a Chinese style dragon. Uh, I don't know if if anyone's familiar with Spirited Away, yes. yeah, you know, like like that type of dragon, um, something, yeah, like, like something Mushu like that. From, uh, Mulan. Yeah, something like that. Dragon from Dragon Ball Z. Dragon from Dragon Ball Z says the audience. <laughs> Charlie, hello, Mark. How are you? <laughs> Do you have a question for Brittany? No, I I would say if I was commissioning. See, I like the idea of the dragon thing. So I said if I was commissioning anything, it would be like a blanket type thing with a dragon on it and stuff like that 
You would be able to do that. You said a blanket? Like a, not like a, like a blanket, like a Afghan you put on your couch. Yeah, you probably, probably not. Freezing. She <laughs> has to be a figure. Yeah, I, I don't really. It has to be more of a figure. So she can make the figure to put on the Afghan. Yeah, my mom No, no, I mean, can you crochet the, the figure into the blanket? I mean, not. She couldn't as, have the blanket. What? There's no, she couldn't do the blanket, but the figure on the blanket she could do. Okay. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, as you're crocheting, then you stop and you use a different thing and you create the dragon in the, without creating another thing. So the answer could be no. Make, make the dragon, and then you have the, the blanket oh, part attached attach to it the blanket. Attach it to, yeah. okay, well, I, I couldn't do the blanket part. You okay. Your mom do it. My mom could. There you go. Okay. So it can. So I would have to commission your mom to do that blank. Yes, you would. Okay. Does your mom do commissions also? Yes. Oh, okay. see. So the answer is yes. We can do it. Okay. Yes, we can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Are 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 the are the items washable? Are they uh, laundry, hand dry? How do you clean these things? Because uh, you got to give them to kids, and kids are not clean. I would say spot wash. Uh, like in the sink, hand wash in the sink. I I wouldn't say immerse the entire thing in water. It would probably be fine. Probably. But, you know. Do you, you have care know. instructions on them? I, dry I, clean. I, do we dry? There you go. I suppose you, they could be dry cleaned. I well then a, a dry cleaner can tell you that. Okay. They they should stand up to dry cleaning if they are able to be dry cleaned. If that makes sense. Okay. Or you could you could wash them in moonlight. All right. But but hand hand wash. Hand, hand wash is, is always a safe bet for handmade items. Okay. All right. So speaking of handmade items, we have a choice of four different colored narwhals and someone asked before the five, I don't where is he? Oh, there he's over there. He's on the he's hidden behind the sign. Um and also, beyond that, we have some tickets to give away for the Long Island Comic Book Expo. So the winner will get a choice of their favorite color. And is, somebody yes. asked before the show started, is there a story behind what colors you decided to choose? Is there a story behind the, the colors you decided to make, or was it just what yarn you had around? I chose, uh, like, bright, bold colors that I, that I liked, that I thought went well together. Uh, and then I assigned each color an expression. The, I, I didn't assign the expression based on any specific color. Do they have names? Is each one named? Do you have, name all your have, stuff? They don't have names, but I have an angry blue narwhal. I have a sad green narwhal. I have a gold-colored, like, meh narwhal. I have a happy pink one and a bashful purple one. Nice. All right, so what, what we will do, because it's the grand prize, we will give away two tickets to the convention, which is this Sunday, April 14th, at the Old Bethpage Village Restoration. And a Norwal. Does everybody have their tickets? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Give me the money. If you would, oh, pull, out the, pull out the winner. Okay. So the winner is number... Do I announce it? Yeah, you win. Sorry. Oh, sorry. It's in your hand. Oh, it's your show. Huh? <laughs> Four... Three seven four three seven one seven three one seven three. Do we have a one yeah, seven three? Right. Yeah, all right. Right. <laughs> so you get to pick one. You get two tickets <laughs> oh to the Long Island 
Comic Book Expo. And that's the right. big one. What's, that's what's, right. go what's the emotion go you're going to get there, Kelly? What, Kelly Gordon uh, is, is deciding which one he wants. And he's getting the There you go. One. Good choice. I would have went with the purple. Bashful too. purple. Bashful purple. Because Kelly is bashful. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. And we have one last prize to go out. We have two more tickets to the Long Island Comic Book Expo. Thank you, especially to the Long Island Comic Book Expo guys for giving us tickets to give away on last uh, month's live show and this live show. Um, so the winner of the final two pair of tickets that we're going to be giving away is... It is... Ticket number 437... 437... 168... 168... Yeah! Yay! You know, uh, you know it's funny. This young lady has won so many prizes... You gotta be in it to win always, it. That's why. Yeah, but she's—it's like she's like the the and and people always like it's a fix. But I always have the guests pull out the the the, the prize, so that way it's not a fix. So she's just really lucky. She's won yeah, books. She, she keeps she's coming. Won, yeah. she wants to win more stuff. So yeah. she, she has you're very karma. lucky. So so you're, you you yes. got a gift. So you you won, you won the you. ticket. So good job. Look at that. Does she, does she also get one, or she just gets the tickets? I'm sorry? You only give him one away, right? So she just gets yeah. the tickets. Oh, so oh. She only gets the tickets. That's oh, it. She only, only gets the tickets. Right. Look, she's sad now. She's sad. Oh. But she still won the tickets. I hope to see so you job. there. Yes. I will be there. She will be there. She so will be there, yes. So you can go up to her. Stop by the booth. The That's cutest right. booth in so, the world. So despite the fact that this will be in the future, because there, it would have already happened, yeah. what other places are you going to besides the Long Island Comic Book Expo? I believe the the next thing that I am definitively doing um, after the expo uh, is CradleCon. You going yeah. to the CradleCon Cradle Aviation? We'll be there too. Yeah. I hope everyone comes. It's it's an amazing feel. I know when we did it last year, uh, and everyone was just talking about the just the Positive feel in the feel, air. Huh? Yeah, it was it was such a good time, and everyone had such a good time. There was so much positivity, and everyone is super excited for this one coming up this year. So oh, I hope yeah. everyone everyone. It, comes it was out. a great convention. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the fine folks at the CradleCon should be giving us free tickets to give away for our next live show. So if you guys are interested, make sure you guys come and you can win tickets for that. I know she's going to win the tickets. <laughs> uh, and I'll see you there. So let's do social media stuff. Where, where can people find out more of your, your stuff? With the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. I am everywhere on all social media at The Artisan's Nook. You want to so spell that? T-H-E-A-R-T. I S A N S N O O K. <laughs> the Artisan's Nook. I'm on all social media. I'm, I mostly keep up with Instagram, but I'm also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, my email is theartisansnook at gmail.com, and my website is theartisansnook.com. So you can contact me on any of those any of those platforms. Now, have you thought about your original crocheted characters to turn them into something else, like maybe a cartoon or a live-action series, like a puppet show? Have you thought of any of that stuff, or are you just going to make stuff until the cows come home, as they say? Well, I'm, I'm going to continue to make stuff until the cows come home, and you, you may see some of my characters somewhere, someday. I'm not saying no to anything. And, and, I want to be everywhere. And just a side note, the cows very rarely come home. <laughs> so, um, do you have any children? 
I have one son. He's nine. Is he going to be taking up the mantle? Are you teaching him now? Or, or what's the age you should start, be able to start making your own products like this? Well, I don't know if I'm going to use him to help reproduce any of my stuff. I don't, I don't know. He's a very creative Free kid. Free labor. He, he loves singing. He loves music. He loves arts and crafts. He loves drawing. He loves building stuff out of clay. Like he, he's very, he's interested in so many things. I'm not going to pigeonhole him. I just want him to be open to everything and find his own thing like I did. Excellent. That's what it's all about. So if somebody else who's not your son wants to get involved in this, what would be the first thing you suggest for them to do? Well, I tell, I know some people come to my, they'll come up to my table and be like, oh, that's so awesome. I wish I could do it. And I just say, do it. Just do it. Go, this, we're 2019 now. Anybody can learn how to do anything. There's free classes you could find online. There's YouTube. That's how I taught myself the, uh, the specific techniques for amigurumi. I went on YouTube and I found tutorials. So I tell everyone, Go to YouTube, teach yourself how to do it. I have some free patterns up on my website. I also have some paid patterns uh, for beginners through, you know, probably intermediate. Uh, but I definitely encourage everyone to just, just try it. That's what I did. I stopped wishing, and I did it. So. Did, did, you, ever, did you ever think of holding uh, workshops, like classes? Like if so many people ask you, and yes. uh, there's another wonderful creative outlet for your uh, craft. Yes, that's that's something um, that I, I could always I could take to to certain libraries, including this library. Uh, that's something that I am I am looking into. I don't have anything set up right now, uh, but hopefully uh, for I hopefully I could teach people to crochet. That's something I'm I'm still a little iffy about. I feel like I need to learn how to teach someone how to crochet uh, but otherwise I I have many interests and I, I may like to do an art journaling class or something like that uh, just to try to encourage anybody to get out their creativity in any way just any way that they can so what about like a like a YouTube page since you said people can go on YouTube to learn how have you ever thought about doing that for your for your stuff that's that's something that uh, that I would like to do in the future, I'd like to have a, a YouTube page. I just, I'm a little shy about that. I'm also, you know, dragging my feet about it. So, maybe. <laughs> when you're making items and you're choosing the colors, much like you did in our walls, and you give them uh, emotions, is that something that you feel like, oh, it's a blue day today, I'm going to make stuff out of blue, or is it a green day today, or is it just whatever comes? Um, it, yeah, it's just, it's just whatever comes. And then I'll, I'll usually keep it that way. So like with the narwhals, I probably won't be changing the expressions to a different color. You know, oh, they're, they're a pretty main staple of my setup and they're my favorite animal. Narwhals are my favorite animal and they seem to be a pretty big fan favorite. Uh, but otherwise, if I'm creating new characters, I'll just try to stick to a theme of colors. So like if I want bright and bold colors, if I want pastel colors, if I want more earth tone colors, I'll kind of, I'll stick to a theme. But outside of that, kind of anything goes. 
And what kind of storage do you have for this stuff? Because uh, if you you do make a lot of stuff, like if you go to check out her table, it's a lot of stuff. And you say you you mass produce them, and you have pieces all over the place. Like, do you have like your own special room where you have all the stuff hidden, or is it just, or you have like a storage bin? What? How do you keep all this stuff categorized and and and, and kept uh, aside? Well, the actual dolls, I keep them in gallon-sized Ziploc baggies. Just because that's that seems to be efficient, you know. They don't. I don't need to worry that they're going to break because they're stuffed. Uh, but I keep them. So like, I'll keep the narwhals in one bag. I'll keep my pop tarts in another bag. You know, I try to keep them separated that way. Uh, and I'm, yeah, that's that's pretty much where my organization is. Is it like a closet full of stuff, or is it a whole room of stuff? <laughs> what, what, what are we talking about here? I want to know. I want to know how much. Because let's say people wants to get into this, they have to know. Well, if I have a, a, a one bedroom apartment, do I have enough space to keep all this stuff? Is something that well, something that people might want to know. Th- everything does take up a lot of space. Uh, if we're talking about, you know, my materials, yeah, the materials, yarn, I everything. A, I have a whole big thing. I have a whole big uh, four cube shelf in my room where I keep all my yarn. Uh, I keep, you know, all the other tools in various places the actual uh crochet dolls i keep them in luggage bags just to you know bring them to shows it's easier to just store them that way and it's all with just the crochet needles right there's no other well i use i use the crochet hook uh knitting is done with needles crochet is done with one hook uh Uh and i use you know Needles, I guess. I, I have. There are different size hooks that you can get into. I have, you know, a good pair of scissors that I only use to cut yarn. Can't use them to cut paper because that dulls them. Does it uh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the fastest way to ruin a good pair of, you know, brand new sharp scissors is cut paper with them. I did not know that. Did you know that, Charlie? Well, I'm going to give you a multi-million-dollar idea right now, and I'm giving it to you. So once you make your millions. I don't want any of it, all right? Here's what you do. You start, and you get Kelly to help you out with this. You start writing books about your characters, stories with your characters in it. This way you have the characters already. Now you need the books. Could be kids' stories. Yeah, that, I think that might be my biggest weakness, coming up with, like, backstories, because even the, the newest creature that I, that I told you about, I made, I can't think of a backstory for her. I just... Um, it just is. Yeah, that's, that's more of my husband's expertise. He's, he's really good with stuff like that. Alright. Um, so, so much. we are almost out of time. So, anything else you want to mention right now? Anything else you want to say? Any bit of advice? Any last bit of information? A final thought, in other words? That you want Hopefully to it's not listeners? her final thought. Your, your, your my, final my, thought my of the show. My final thought of the radio show. Yes. Um, I... I feel like it's it's so important for everyone to foster creativity, no matter what form it takes. I truly believe that everyone in this world is is a creator. Everyone in this world is meant to create something, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's you know painting, whether it's you know rebuilding cars. Like everyone has a creative outlet. It's just you you spend your life trying to find out exactly what that is. And then once you find it, you know, go for it. So I, I encourage everyone to try out every creative outlet that they possibly can because what works for me may not work for you. 
and vice versa. So I, I just encourage everyone to, to try as many things as they can. Everyone needs to, needs to create. It's part of our nature. So yeah. I just want to encourage everyone to just tap into their creativity and find out, you know, what they're meant to do. All right. I think you've won the audience over. Charlie. I didn't even say live studio audience. <laughs> Charlie, final thought. Um, for the show. I, for the show, thank you. I'm glad you said that. I absolutely agree with our guest. I think, I think creativity is amazing. I think it opens up worlds to people. And to have that freedom to do what you want and uh, not have stipulations put down or gauntlets put down in your life. And uh, like that, just a great attitude. And I think, uh, and besides the fact, now when you pass the booth, you'll know it right away because it's the cutest thing. All these little tchotchkes in there, I love it. And when I passed it the first time, I said, how long did these guys take to do? But anyway, go visit and uh, you know, you'll like what you see. So my final thought is this. Once again, thank you for coming down. I really appreciate it. Um, your stuff is really awesome. And as we were going down memory lane before the show, I did, like I said, it, it stuck out in my mind. And it was really cool. And I'd like to see, and I appreciate how you've grown over the years with more variety, more interesting things, more intricate things. And I wish you much continued success. Thank so, you. that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Does it really do it? Join us right here anyway week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, Tough. go to our website, www.camefromradio.com. This is the archives within a week or so. Uh, check us out on Overcast, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, Google Play, iTunes, Breaker or Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, Podbean, Player FM, Soundcast, Acast, Beyond the Door Studios, or as uh, Dominic would like to say, just Google, it came from the radio. And a partridge in a pear tree. I yeah. want to do a special shout out to Kelly Gordon and the East Middle Public Library from the live studio. Oh, we love you guys. Thank, Thank you, you very you. much. Also want to mention that our next live show will be on May 1st with author Roland Alnack. And if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, we should have some more tickets to give away and a book for him for the uh, Cradle Con. We'll be doing that. Um, and that is it. So thank you very much. And we will see you next time. Take it easy. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast. <laughs>